0: Welcome back to the Devoted Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Shaner, and I'm here with my co-host, Pastor Ben Heffernan. How are you doing today, Pastor? I'm doing very well. All right. Awesome. Well, we're coming um, back just with a thought on biblical manhood, dealing with relationships. We've kind of been going through a little mini-series on biblical manhood. Uh, We we did one on strength uh, and weakness. We did one on... um, biblical manhood and being a spiritual leader and now we're going to talk about relationships which kind of brings everything that we've talked about um, into focus it brings everything together and everything we've talked about will probably be maybe even reiterated um, in this podcast again Um, but we're just here to share some truths from God's Word and we're excited to see what God's Word has to say about relationships and I want to start out with John 15, 12, it says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Um, Relationships can be defined, I've put them under two categories um, that define relationships. We got the first one, which is a toxic relationship. Um, To define toxic relationship, uh, we have to look at what what makes it toxic. Um, No encouragement will be involved in that relationship. That relationship will be self-centered and that relationship will be full of negativity and nothing to do with God God will not be anywhere near in fact it will probably draw you away from God if you're a believer having a relationship that deals with unbelievers and it'll draw you away from the Lord and it'll be hard to uh, follow after the Lord in fact it will probably cause some strife between you and that other person in that relationship Mm. And then the second category is Christ-centered. What involves this rela- in this relationship is encouragement, Christ-centeredness, wholesome, and has everything to do with God. Because God, like like the category has um, it listed as Christ-centered, mm-hmm. Christ is at the center. He is the cornerstone mm-hmm. of that relationship, and so, um, and whenever He's at the cornerstone of, of that relationship, it means that we are sensitive to His leading. In that relationship mm. um but it could be christ-centered and start out christ-centered and we can get full of our self-centeredness and wanting something from that relationship you know this world it, it's 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 interesting as i've looked around and, and looked and done some research this world whenever they look at, at relationships it's sad to see how they define it mm. Because the the world defines it as a relationship that um, takes all and leaves none. Mm -hmm. It's a take, 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 Mm -hmm. me, me, me relationship. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to give any part of me Mm -hmm. in that relationship. Um, So it's a take all, leave none, give none society in this world um we live in a world where you take all until you drain the other person or persons in that relationship and then you basically have no whenever you have no more satisfaction from that relationship or you're not getting what you think you should Mm -hmm. get out of that relationship you move on and ditch and burn those bridges Mm -hmm. and you end up hurting so many people in that and it's not just yourself. You know, you're like, well, okay, it's it's just me in that relationship. You know, or maybe, it, you know, I, I need it to be a relationship. It's, it's two-way street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you give some and you take. But the take should be less than what you give. Mm-hmm. And it should be on both sides. And so, and, and so we're going to kind of focus on that, um, those aspects in those relationships. We're going to look at the home. Mm. Uh, we're going to look at... Uh, Lord willing, we're, we're going to probably make this more than just this episode. Um, Sounds good. So <laughs> um, because there's so much involved in relationships, and I think this is very – this ought to be a good focus point uh, for the believer. Mm-hmm. And even for those that are listening that are non-believers that don't know exactly what they believe, um, it, the world needs to hear this as well. Everybody needs to hear this about relationships mm-hmm. and get a refocus because Hollywood mm-hmm. and the world has – just messed up the focus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like going to the eye doctor, getting a prescription, and picking out a pair of glasses that don't match your uh, mm-hmm. what you've been prescribed. Mm-hmm. You know, like why is it still blurry, right? And, you, and you're like, oh, I'll just live with it because maybe that's just my eyesight. Mm-hmm. Well, if you go to the eye doctor and mm-hmm. you get your eyes checked and they give you a certain prescription, and you're still blurry with the with the glasses you should get or that you've gotten, you should get new ones that match what you're prescribed. And how we can actually get that litmus test sort of way for our vision as Christians is God's Word. Mm -hmm. If we see things through God and translate it through God's Word, Mm -hmm. man, our vision is going to be clear on on the world around us, and we're going to be awakened to see what the world is Mm -hmm. and how they've been acting versus what God says, how we should be acting as Christians Mm -hmm. accordingly. So um, we're going to look at the marriage hmm. relationships that start at home because I think we should start at home yeah. and so right. pastor with those categories we can we can nail it right on the head with toxic and Christ-centered relationships in yeah. the home yeah. uh, as a father as a husband um, and uh, what are you what are your thoughts on putting those in that category with that
1: yeah no that's a uh... thought. There's an aspect of, you know, I think about computers, there's an aspect that they're binary. You know, you've got everything's about this one versus zero. You know, it's either turned on or turned off, one of the two. And there's an aspect that I I sense that same binary choice here when it comes to our relationships, because it fundamentally comes down to our relationship with God. If we have what the Bible describes as a fountain of living water, springing up within us. There's a certain satisfaction that we have with God that our, our fellowship with him is sweet. We're in submission to him. We we love him and we're being obedient and we know the favor of his smile. Then we have inside of us the resources to flow and overflow from our lives into someone else. And our focus is on how can we meet the needs? And 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 as a satisfied individual, I can I can help others. Uh, too many times, you know, it's you know we're 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 not satisfied with God, and so we're mm-hmm. thirsty and we're hungry, and so then we go around to other people and we try to squeeze them for all that they've got inside of them to 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 satisfy. And we begin to demand of relationships. And we're talking about marriage here. It's just so easy for a man to begin to demand of his wife a certain level of satisfaction from her that there is no way possible. Now, God has made her to bring us a level of satisfaction and and us for her, but it never can rise to the level. She'll never be a source of the satisfaction that we need if we don't have that relationship with God. And so that's where I think it it all kind of does go back to this Christ-centered aspect of our life. If we're gonna have, um, uh, you know, uh, if we're gonna have the right kind of relationship with our wife, it it comes first and foremost with that re- right relationship with God. And I know, it sounds like that's what I should say because I'm a preacher. But I just know from my own life that that's what works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so many times I'm I'm not, you know, my wife and I are estranged, but it's only because I'm estranged from the Lord. I'm not walking with Him, and so then. I begin. My whole life is oriented around myself. I'm manipulating others to bring me satisfaction. They never can quite measure up to me and what I want. And when I find out the real source of it, it really is the need is for me to be broken before the Lord to get my relationship with Him right. And then I, I walk out of that time with the Lord with a fullness that allows me to to be focused on building them up and. You're absolutely right. I think about Ephesians chapter five, where it talks about don't let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That tears people. That corrodes them. But he says, but let it minister grace that you may edify to the use of edifying. So here we're we're either building people up or we're tearing them down. And as soon as I begin to try to like a mosquito landing on my wife, I want to draw her blood, and I'm I'm taking something from her. I'm, I'm not giving something to her, but the greatest satisfaction in, in relationships is when you give. Hmm. And, um, uh, it's like, as the Lord said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I think that kind of becomes the heartbeat for the right kind of relationship. So.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think it's good. You know, I heard a preacher say it this way, you know, the generations behind us will suffer if we don't help and uphold each other. Hmm. Uh Proverbs uh, 17, or Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man the countenance of his friends.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then Ecclesiastes uh, 4, 9 says, uh, Two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. Mm-hmm. Two are better than one. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it's Amen. when we <laughs> walk hand in hand together <laughs> mm-hmm. and we serve the Lord together, me and my wife Mm -hmm. our kids the ones that are coming up behind us they will see that Mm -hmm. and that they will know that their parents are serving the lord sold out Mm full-hearted full full commitment to the lord and they're living a life that glorifies the lord and they themselves will have that desire to serve the lord Mm
2: -hmm.
0: themselves because they see that example they see the joy that it brings Um, you know, many times we, as, as believers, as Christians, I know myself, I've fallen short in this areas whenever things go wrong, (laughs) you know, it's easy to look and say, God, what are you doing? And start questioning those, those, what he's doing, not being patient. There are times where it's just been, you know, God's been teaching me patience and it's like, I hate patience. I'm not patient. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And even in a relationship. God may not, you may want something to happen mm-hmm. or want something from 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 your wife or your kids, and God may not allow that at that time. Mm-hmm. And you could rush it. And you could push it. And next thing you know, you're pushing your family away. Or maybe you're not getting what you feel like you have said. Uh, that If you don't feel like you're getting it from them, from the Lord, you're going to search outside the home.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And guess where that leads?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Really bad things. Mm -hmm. Because now we're looking to the world to satisfy those needs. Mm -hmm. If we're not finding it in the Lord, we're looking to the world. If we're not finding it with our wives, guess what? Mm -hmm. We're going to look for it in the world. Mm -hmm. Instead of getting into Scripture, instead of saying, Lord, I need help, I need you to lead and guide in in my life, in my marriage, you know, Sometimes we can feel like we're giving, giving, giving. And in our own minds, we feel like we're giving as men.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We've given everything, mm-hmm. right? The women, they, they, don't, they don't care. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it from a standpoint. There's times where I come home from work and it's been a long day. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. Yeah. I just yeah. want to shower. I want to eat. I want to be by myself. Mm-hmm. And I get home and then my wife's like, She's, you know, and it's easy to say, oh, look, she's been home with the kids all day long. Mm-hmm. She's sat on the couch. She's had air conditioning. Mm-hmm. She's had cold water to drink. Mm-hmm. Easy life. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the same exact thing you went through, just a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, they got the headaches and the pains mm-hmm. and they're tired and energy is just sucked. The life is just sucked out of them as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's very easy to be insensitive. Mm-hmm. And that's where we can get toxic mm-hmm. because we can pour ourself into their lives. The next thing they're they've dealt with the kids all day. Now they're dealing with you because you're just pouring everything on them. And then it's pouring back on you because they're full. And so they've had enough and they're pouring it back. And next thing you know, you're fighting. Mm -hmm. And you're yelling at each other. Mm -hmm. For what? No reason. Mm -hmm. But because you're both selfish Mm -hmm. instead of saying, and then the kids see it.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's where it just gets to, it's like, ugh. You know, and I've I've failed in those areas as well. You know, it's it, yeah. It, you get tired, but mm-hmm. you know, I think it can be resolved, and I feel like it's resolved whenever you both say, "Okay, mm-hmm. here we are." Mm-hmm. What is the Lord doing? Where, where where do I see myself, especially as a husband? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the arguments start with us, mm-hmm. and. If we step back and we, during the argument or the, the frustration, we see it's going to hit a point that, that, that it's going to of no return mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. You step back and you say, God, I need help. Mm-hmm. Or, or you say, hey, hold on. This is going to end up being a fight. Mm-hmm. You go your way. I'll go mine for a second. Take a breather. Mm-hmm. and We'll come back. We'll talk about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, instead of trying to verbally box your way out of a situation. Where both sides doesn't when both sides don't win, it's like trying to headbutt somebody. Mm-hmm. You don't win; one <laughs> <when laughs> yeah, <it> wins. Yeah. <laughs> so painful, <laughs> but it's it's like that. You're banging your heads against each other's heads, mm-hmm. and it's tough. Suff- and it's just not you and your wife. The kids mm-hmm. here, the kids see it,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: there's conflict in the home. Yeah.
1: And so, past. Like, yeah, that's a man. That, you're hitting the nail on the head here, and I think it's interesting that it. Wouldn't we all just want peace? Such a beautiful word, peace. Think of every relationship you have, or let's think about that close relationship you have. You want to have peace. And it's interesting that the Bible says, and I mean, I've got more verses here than I could really take time to share. But Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. There's, there's a little bit of debate on the interpretation there. I certainly think it could go either way, and maybe it means both. But and maybe there's an aspect of internal peace by which I judge and understand this is this this rule is the idea of an umpire who calls balls and strikes type thing. Where this, this is good and this is not. And so you, you have the internal experience of peace. But there's also this aspect of interaction. We can tell the the wisdom that is from above and james 3 tells us is first pure then peaceable it the fruit of a right kind of walk with the lord the test of that is peace and god tells us that we are to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace so when we apply this to marriage you know what god wants for our relationship is have peace with our wives that they're That's not just the absence of fighting. (laughs) That's the wholeness of a relationship. That's the the satisfaction of everything that God requires. And I think about that in terms of that context of Ephesians 4, because you say, how do I get that peace? That's what I want. And I know that the the walk with the Lord is what produces it, but this is how he does it. And he tells us in chapter four, verse two, he says, with all lowliness and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So these are the tools that you have to have to be able to have that unity that is bound together in, in that bond of the Spirit through peace. And those things are lowliness. Mm. is humility. And I don't know of any way to get that humility but to spend time in the presence of God. Mm. As soon as I lose sight of the greatness of God, I become magnified in my own eyes. And every desire I have is more important than it should be. <laughs> and every goal and aspiration, you know, it, it become self-centered and it's not building up anyone. And I become the center of my own universe and no one else can be, no one else can hop to my tune <laughs> good enough you know it, it's hard for those planets for my wife and my children to revolve around me as the sun um it's just it's perilous they can't it's not built that way um and so that first of all takes humility and then the second one is meekness which is this aspect of willingness to put my will underneath God's will or the will of another so that I can respond the opposite of this is that strife you know it's the I drive my car through the intersection. I don't care what color the the, 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 the sign is, and if it's red, we're gonna come into conflict. That's strife. I'm doing my own way, pushing for my own will that brings me into conflict with other people. The exact opposite of that is this meekness that that is humble first, and then the bowing of the will before someone else like, I, I don't have to push my own way. I don't have to strive for what I want. And uh, that too, you know, only comes as I am submitting my will to God first, and He has the right to to call me to that. And then you can have this long suffering, this bearing up with other people. He's, he gives you an internal strength where things that irritated you and things that were, you know, you, you talk about husband-wife relationship, you know all the, the faults of your spouse and they know your faults, and and yet you really can bear with them, forbear one another. And what is that? Because God gives you a divine love where you truly want their best and you want their goal. And so when I think about this, I I just have a couple thoughts here in terms of this. You want to think God's thoughts towards your wife. You say, well, what are God's thoughts to my wife? Number one, he died for her. (laughs) He values her. He's he, And that could be true for any relationship we have. But God, God, Christ died for this person, therefore they're valuable to God. And so I say there's aspect I need to get God's heart towards this person. If he died for them, then he's not shunning them. He's wanting to receive them. And so my, my heart should be, and not only do I value them, but my I, I don't want to push someone away as if they're invaluable. They're valuable, therefore I want to have a relationship with them. I want to open up. I want to spend time with them. And then ultimately, you have to find God's will or God's plan for that individual. You say, what is God doing in their life? Hmm. Yeah, okay, God's, you know, you're talking about your, your situation where you come home with your wife. And if I'm overflowing with love, you know, and I understand that, you know, too, where you get back and you realize, but what's God doing in my wife? If, she, if she's going through a difficult time. She's discouraged, or she's dealing with disobedience, you know, from the children, you know, the children, and and all, and there's just so much going on there. And say, oh, God wants me to come along and build her up, encourage her, and and God wants her to to persevere in her role and in her and everything that she's doing. Well, she needs some strengthening. She needs some encouragement, and in those aspects. So when the Bible word for that is uh, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, say, okay, that's God's plan that I find some act of kindness. And really, that works for every relationship, whether we're talking about employee, employer, husband, wife, or even friend, enemy. What are we supposed to do? Be kind to our enemies. (laughs) That is, so there's an aspect of we can take initiative with every relationship we have and say, God, give me an idea. Give me an opportunity to show kindness. It's interesting to think about what kindness ultimately is. It's, you know, knowing someone's a need that they may have and meeting it or a desire that they have and fulfilling it. You know, and just if you and if you know your wife, you probably know about 10 to different different ways that you could be kind. Mm -hmm. And it's just about, am I really willing to make the sacrifice that would kind of show her that I love her? But it's amazing what a little kindness will do. Mm -hmm. really is yeah (laughs) can it's like a little water on a flower that's starting to droop after a little bit perks back up and can keep on going and uh boy our wives need us (laughs) to show them kindness every day so yeah man yeah
0: yeah relationships built upon prayer and god's word are going to be strong Hmm. for years and years to come yeah you know throughout the 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 hard times I, i look back uh, you know, you think about think about this your your vows. Mm. <laughs> you, you think about your vows, right? Just for better, for worse, yeah. for sickness and health, for mm-hmm. richer, for poor, mm-hmm. till death do us part. You know, in the moment, nerves are high. You don't think about those. You're just like, I just got to say it, get it over with, move on, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to be married. And you're excited, mm-hmm. and you know you sit back and you think about those those vows mm-hmm. you know vows are meant to be are unbroken they 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 they're just they're they're interlocking yeah. and vows just aren't taken serious anymore and it's sad you know they're just words that we say we have to say them
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's not a have to to get to
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's a privilege to say those vows
2: because
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's a commitment I mean, if for better or for worse, during the worst times, mm-hmm. you know, whenever it's hard, you stay together. You work through the problem together with the Lord, obviously, mm-hmm. for richer or for poor. If you're broke, mm-hmm. don't find something that's rich. Mm-hmm. Be rich in love with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Be rich with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, if for sickness and in health, mm-hmm. you know, stick it out to the end. You know, if. And, I see a lot of relationships grow whenever there's trials of health mm. in the hospital terminal mm. illness or cancers or something like that mm. maybe you know they were separated or thinking about divorce but man I've heard of stories of mm. one of them getting sick and being in the hospital and guess what they come together mm. and the relationship gets stronger through that mm. you know till death do us part mm. you know they god didn't design divorce Mm -hmm. the world did Mm -hmm. god designed us the relationship to be flourishing and to grow together Mm -hmm. till death do us part and so you know your relationship is so important that's why god gave adam eve (laughs) Mm -hmm. because he saw man was alone he didn't like man Mm -hmm. the thought of man being alone You know even if you're a recluse and call yourself an introvert you Mm -hmm. still have a relationship somewhere in there Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) you know um, you weren't always a recluse you know Mm -hmm. even as a kid you you had a relationship with your parents and uh, there's good relationships there's bad relationships I know there's relationships that as a kid and you maybe you didn't have the best relationship with your parents and you know it's it's sad Mm -hmm. but you can change that you can break those chains sort of say and turn it around and have relationships that are meaningful now Mm -hmm. you know um think about these accountability questions uh, for relationships Hmm. for a second and and honestly think about them number one have you set a daily time in the scriptures and in prayer
2: Hmm.
0: number two have you had any flirtatious or lustful attitudes tempting thoughts or exposed yourself to any illicit materials that would not glorify God? Hmm. Three, have you been completely above reproach in your financial dealings? Four, have you spent quality relationship time with your family and friends? Five, have you done your 100% best in your job? Hmm. Six, have you told any half-truths or outright lies, putting yourself in a better light to those around you? Hmm. Seven, have you shared the gospel with a non-believer? Eight, have you taken care of your body through daily physical exercise and proper eating and sleeping habits? Nine, have you allowed any person or circumstance to rob you of your joy? If you think about those those questions, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, okay, maybe not. If any of these questions you can't answer truthfully right off the bat, you're you're like, oh, I have to think about that. Huh? <laughs> that may be something you may have to evaluate in your life and in your relationship. And this is this is for your 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 marriage, your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your kids your relationship okay. with the in-laws, mm-hmm. your relationship with outside the home, the church, members of the church, outside uh, with at work. Mm. You know, it's easy, you know, to look at some of these and go, yeah, I did. I did. I did. Like number five is like, yeah, I did my 100% best in my job. Have you told me half have truths to make yourself look good? I just did. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it hits a point. It hits home. Mm-hmm. You know, Some of these questions. Mm-hmm. And you think about, you know, it's, we need, as men, not to be okay with where we are. Mm -hmm. And we've come so complacent where we're at, just comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to, we need to keep pursuing after God. We need to not be uh, so relaxed in the world that we let the world sit in the same room as us and lead our families. Men stand for what is right. Fight for your family. Fight for your relationships. Fight for your church and fight to win souls for the Lord. But we ought not to fight alone. You're not alone. Because you've got brothers and sisters in Christ in the church that are serving with you. They're going through the same stuff you do. You're not the only one. You're pastor. Seek seek help. Search out the scriptures. The Lord is always there with you. It is when we get through, it is when we allow the Lord to get through our thick skulls that we cannot lead alone. We cannot fight alone. It is when at this point, God can mold us into the man he wants us to be. Mm. When we realize we can't do it without God. We can't do it without the Lord
2: Mm.
0: working and guiding in our lives. Mm. And so, when we everything that we do in relationship wise ought to go through Scripture. It ought to be um, Christ centered and not toxic. Mm. You know, it's easy to be toxic, and it hurts. And so, thank you for listening to this podcast.